With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Support for Heart and Hand is brought to you by Manscaped. Now, folks, I've had a tough couple of weeks and I didn't have a lot of hair left to pull out anyway. But one area where I do have hair, and frankly, I'm going to keep it, is in my trousers. However, I know a lot of you, um, much to my own surprise, enjoy nothing more than a Sean Scrotum, as Dr. Evil told us all those years ago. It's breathtaking. And I'm also reliably informed uh, it's popular with your partner, um, who enjoy that sort of thing if uh, they don't want to wade through a forest to get to the goodies. But uh, yep, Manscaped, if you are one of those people who enjoys, um, shall we say, going au naturel in the tackle department that's uh, the company to go with uh, it's sleek well de- uh, designed optimised trimmer and it makes shaving one of your favourite things to do in the bathroom uh, I didn't know that we had a list of favourite things to do in the bathroom but anyway um, the the new 4.0 is absolutely fantastic I mean this thing I, I, I tried it on my face and it works so I mean with the slightly less shall we say uh toughened up hair in the in the kind of front bottom area then i think you'll be on to a winner um, manscaped engineered the ultimate body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality it's very comfortable grooming experience this is a fourth generation trimmer um, and it's a, a cutting edge ceramic blade so it'll reduce grooming accidents nobody wants a nick on their nuts let's be honest so if manscaped are the thing for you if you want to hit the dancing this weekend um your face might be covered but let's make sure that your cock and balls aren't uh all you need to do is go to manscaped.com and use the code rangers that's 20 percent off and free shipping if you go to manscaped.com and uh use the code rangers don't send me photos everyone and welcome to heart and hand the rangers podcast the podcast that is without doubt the 
go-to stop for the written press in Scotland. My name's David Edgar and I'm your host, as I am every week. And joining me today to discuss a pretty disappointing match, in all honesty, is, first of all, all the way from the Tel Aviv RSC, it's Andy Barna. Andy, a debut for you. Yes, I'm honoured and privileged to be here. Um, obviously, it's, uh, there's some uh, tough uh, tough boots to fill with the previous attendees on the on the flagship, mm-hmm. and I've been listening to it myself for about well, I don't know since you started it, pretty much. So, yep. yeah, very excited and, and happy to be here. And uh, someone who's is, is going to guide them through the game, someone who's been here before, it's James Forrest. Good afternoon, James. Good afternoon, David, and welcome, Andy. I'm delighted to be speaking about my favourite thing in the world, which is Rangers. See, I like the fact that I've got you two, your your lovely voices on, and and you know you're very much kind of bears then Newton Newton man's voices, and then you've got me. The last time I heard you know people with voices like yours, he gave me three months. But uh, that's <laughs> neither here nor there. Let let's uh, we're a classy chick organisation here at Outland. Right, we've stalled enough. Um, <laughs> we're going to have to get to it, I suppose. Rangers won, Motherwell won. Flag day. Now, some complaints about the lack of pomp and circumstance before the match, Andy. Um, my understanding is that that was a management team decision. They wanted to just focus on the game. Is that perhaps an insight into... Now, we know the circumstances as to why it was moved to when it was moved, but it was game six of the season, uh, league-wise even. You know, we've played in cups in, in Europe and whatnot. Um, can you understand perhaps the management maybe psychologically wanting to say, right, that's done, that's 55 and it was great and we love it and we'll all look back on it proudly, but it's done? Yeah, yeah, I can understand the, the management. Um, you know, Stephen Gerrard and the team, their job is to keep things moving and not to look on past glories. And Rangers teams of the past have always tried to look forward, uh, excuse the, the kind of play on words there. With that said, I understand also the fans' disappointment because we waited a long time for this. Yes. And as somebody, as somebody that wasn't able to attend, obviously, given my location, I can totally hear fans' frustrations at not being allowed to see a bit more pomp, the trophy. And it might have even also given the, the day a boost and a more carnival atmosphere, which may have resulted in a better result. Just just saying, just throwing it out there. But um, I think it was, uh, we could have done maybe a little bit more, but I do understand where, where Stevie G's coming from. It's an interesting point, though, James, about who's it for? Is it for the players or is it for us as supporters? Um and I, I, I get what Andy's saying about, you know, it's they have to focus. And that, that is correct. But equally, been a long, long time since we've seen this. And I, again, maybe it's it's just, you know, my age. These, these tended to be what they were kind of back in the day. You know, the, the chairman would come on, he would you know, pull a thread, the flag would come down. That was kind of it. But certainly kind of you know, three in a row, etc. people have shown and there were the the fireworks and the music was blaring and whatnot. I was a little surprised not to see the trophy, in all honesty, because it's never really been paraded in front of us. No, it hasn't. The only time that people have had the chance to see the trophy up close is if they've done a stadium tour or if they did the MyJers photo thing. Um, so no, it hasn't hasn't really been kind of on display for a full Ibrox stadium, which is kind of... What the point was in terms of delaying this uh, to now so that Ibrox could be full of bears, it would be a sellout game and you know we would all be able to be there to kind of celebrate this unfurling of the flag. And you do want 
I think a lot of people in their, in their minds, their expectations was, you know, we want this to be something a bit more. If it's down to wanting the players to focus on the game itself, how can they not focus on that anyway? You know, what 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 is it about that that's going to detract from that in any way? Um, but at the end of the day, I think people had a lot of expectations in their minds, and usually what happens, it's the same with, you know, a new kit that gets released. They have an idea in the head of what it's going to look like, and when it's something that's quite different to that, it doesn't mean that it's bad. It just means that they are just disappointed it's not what was in their head, which is which is fair enough. But um, I'm less inclined to believe that you know pre pre game celebrations for last season would have had any effect on how the game was going to go. To be honest, no, I'm I'm kind of similar to that because uh, you know, the way the game on unfolded I think was more to do with this season's form than anything that, that happened last season Andy I I recall my mother would say to me if you can't finish your dinner you're not getting any pudding well there would be no pudding for the Rangers team yesterday because they certainly had trouble finishing all sorts 14 shots at goal at half time 6 on target 1 goal the manager referred to it Time and time again in the press conference, you've got to reward yourself as a team more when you have that sort of dominance. And the longer it went at 1-0, that feeling crept in. It it does. It's human nature. It happens at every football match you'll ever see. If one team is dominant for an hour and is only one up, and then the other team just begins to think, we're still in this, we could get something here. That atmosphere does sort of transmit. And of course, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, the, that two nil comfort feeling is something always to be to to enjoy. I think at football, when you go two goals up, and yes, there's always a chance at two 0 But Rangers at home, to let's be, you know be fair, a mid table team in Motherwell, um, at two 0 see the game out very comfortably from that position, and we would do ninety nine times out of a hundred. So to only be one 0 with all that possession and attacking play is disappointing and I, and I think it represents in some ways where, where we are and I'm sure we'll go into that but creating so many chances at home we need to be taking advantage of them and I think we don't have anybody that's hitting high numbers I think the manager also alluded to that in his, his conference didn't he, he so did, yep. it, you know last year we would have had Tav already on maybe half a dozen goals by this point uh, Alfie maybe was slow to start but he was picking up Ken Arfield all these guys last year had really already kicked into five, six goals. And we're not at that stage. I think Roof's the only one with, you know, I would say a fair amount of goals so far in the league. So there's definitely a lot to work on. And But the truth is, as you say, we got punished for it. And hopefully the players will learn to take advantage of the, the good chances and the good work in future games. It was frustrating, James, because the first half was as good as I can remember us playing this season in terms of our combination play was great. The movement from the front three was terrific. Uh, they were interchanging rapidly and they were causing Motherwell a lot of problems because Motherwell wanted to stick to kind of two solid defensive lines. But do I follow my man? Do I, do I pass him on to you? You know, what happened? And, and it was causing that confusion. And rather than what we can sometimes resort to, which is 
the crosses and crosses from deep. We get it out wide to Tav and, and they hit the, the early cross, and which is exactly what Motherwell wants. Not to say you won't score from occasionally, you know, we got a set piece goal yesterday, but we were doing what Rangers, this Rangers team, when it's at its best, does, which is play through teams, which is go right to the edge of the box and play the one twos and the intricate passing. And that's the stuff that gets us through. And for 45 minutes, it was like, yes, this is this is the Rangers team that, that won the title. This is the Rangers team that we all know and love. And then it just sort of stopped in the second half. And then after Motherwell got their equaliser, I never really felt that even at the game and then looking back, we didn't create a hell of a lot after that. Because it was controlled from us up to up to the point where we lose the goal. And then afterwards, there's the, you know, the panic then sets in. I was really pleased with the selection of the front three that we went for in this game because I really wanted to see the roof Sakala link up and I think there's a lot of promise there in terms of what they want to do. Maybe not quite enough selfishness, which you maybe get with other players in terms of saying, well, I'm actually rather than try and do another quick bit of intricate pass and I'm actually going to take the ball on, get into the box and try a shot myself. Uh, could maybe done with that a bit more as something a wee bit different. But you know, the the passing, the build up, not only from you know roof and Sakala, there was some good Moments from right, a rebo again from deeper, uh, wanting to get into the more advanced areas. And I think a lot of the good work we did attacking wise, a rebo certainly felt like he was at the heart of that. I felt, and I thought he was. I, I thought he was very good. Yeah, I agree. I, I thought the first half, Aribo and Kamara, in particular, were, were terrific. Um, I thought the front three were were good, and I thought Aribo and and Kamara. But on your point, um, and it's a good one, I think, is Aribo's maybe a bit of a, a an exemplar of what you're saying about that occasional lack of ruthlessness, Andy. About you know, just sometimes an extra touch or an extra pass, and it's. Be a bit more selfish. The managers have spoken about this before. Be a bit more, put your laces through it occasionally, or or you know, go with the intention of this is going to end with me having a shot because he's got the ability and he, he proved it again yesterday. You know, when Aribo's in full flow, he, they can't stop him and and they know that and they back off him. And what they tend to do is just crowd him because they, they you know deny him the space in front of him because he's so good at, at getting out of tight situations. But a couple of times yesterday, you're just like, just, just hit it. And and we know he can. He's good enough to do it. Yeah, we've seen in the last couple of years how good Aribo can be. It's In past, at the beginning, it was in flashes. Last year, mm. much more consistent. And it's, it's a bit frustrating. I, th- I find it frustrating because I think technically he has the most amount of skill in the, in the team, maybe alongside, you know, Kent, for example. Technical ability, he has it in abundance and he can be a real game changer for us. And he scored like his, his goal against Ross County, for example, was, was exactly what we want from him. And he has that. Maybe sometimes it's, uh, he, you know, he likes to take that extra touch and slow it down. It allows the, the defenders of the opposition into back into position. Um, and that ruthlessness is something I think if he added that to his game, I really think that we have... You know, I t- I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being... Uh, over-excitable here when I say I think like a player of the season contender. That's how the level I think he could be, I say could be at, if he was just to be more ruthless and show more conviction in the final third than what he does. I, and I know this is a particularly Scottish or, or British thing, but it's true. I sometimes look at Joe Rebo and I think, I wish you were 
a bit more of a bastard. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, yeah. but he, he wouldn't be as good a human as he is because Joe Aribo is a lovely man. He's a really quiet, nice guy. But, you know, you do look up sometimes and go, I wish you were a bit of an arrogant bugger. Because if you were, you know, you, you you would just be like pushing people aside to get those numbers and get those stats. And, you know, that, that sort of Ronaldo instinct of, well, yeah, it's great we won, but I didn't score. <laughs> you know, And it can go too far. We know that. But, yeah, he's he's just such a nice, quiet kid and unassuming. And, and uh, there are times I look at him and I think, I wish you were a bit more of a, all right, bastard. But uh, skill wise, he's 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 got the lot, and you're right. He should be with the ability he's got. He can dominate games. I mean, and he showed that yesterday, James, and and that first half. And yeah, it was it was looking good. We missed the chance. We got the goal. Well, what goal set piece? Uh, good delivery. Joe Aribo makes the run. We've tried this tactic before. We've seen it work before. It's, it's something that we do. Gets a flick on. Fashion Sakala there to nod home. Bit of offside, perhaps, but we got the decision. I think um, we don't need VAR in Scotland, right? For 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 that game, let's just let's just leave that one. I think. Um, it's, Although it's, we would give it a penalty. Well, well, I see it would balance out then, I suppose. So, yeah, um, yeah, it, it, yeah. I think I think if a referee looks back on that, he says actually, you know, when Aribo knocks the ball on, Sakala is ahead of ahead of the last man, so it, it would have been called back for offside, but. We'll have more decisions go our way. We'll have decisions go against us over the season. I don't think you can you can turn around and say that's a major major thing. Um, but it is a well worked move. Uh, I like that from Aribo because there's another aspect of Aribo's game that he's good at. He is he can be quite good in the air. Um, you know he can be a threat in the box and he's a Sakala, big guy. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he was like, over six foot, so um, you know he can absolutely do that as well. And Sakala who. You know, when you see him at first, you think he's maybe not going to be an aerial threat. But there was a few times that he won, you know, high balls um, against big motherwell defenders. So, you know, there's no issue in terms of that. And I'm really pleased for him that he got that goal because I think he's, you know, it's been it's been tough for him to start off with because he, you know, his only real competitive appearance has been late off the bench. You're expecting him to kind of change the game or, or make an impact so late on. It's hard to do that and it's a hard ask. But getting the start getting the goal. He could have had another couple of goals over the game as well, I thought, because I think he, he shows a real speed and you know, when he gets into the box and on either foot, if he can get a shot away through the laces, it's got a real chance. And I think Liam Kelly had to make a really good save from a shot from him in the first half uh, as well. It was like that. Um, but yes, header, instinct, nicely done. Um, and it was early in the game as well. So whenever we score early in games like this, you always feel like you're set up. Yeah. yeah. For, Especially for really the way we were playing, you're just waiting for that second. They've banged on here over the years. It's it's the first is important, but I always think for Rangers at Ibrox, it's the second because then it, it kind of teams can't do what Motherwell did, which is let's just sit in and hold tight and make sure you know, and we'll get a chance later on. Um, if you get that second, they have to come out a bit, and I think. The manager said afterwards he felt had we got the second, we would have gone on and got more because they'd have had to come out. A big frustration for me before we get to defending Andy is James alluded to it earlier. Motherwell score and it's a bad goal and it does knock the stuff out of everybody a bit, right? But we immediately stop doing what we've been doing to create chances and, as he said, try to force it. And then it's the deep crosses, then it's the hurried passes, it's all of that. And it happens a lot. It's it's not unique to Rangers. Teams do this. It's a psychological thing. But yeah, as a champions, this is where you need to be patient and believe in yourself and say that, look, 
if we keep doing what we are good at, we'll fashion something out of this, no pun intended. Um, we'll make ourselves a, a good chance and we'll take it. And I thought Rangers last season did that a lot. Rangers in, in matches did do that, where they would go, look, let's just keep doing what we're doing and it will come. And yesterday I thought we, we very quickly resorted to, instead of the tactics we'd been using, which had caused Motherwell problems, we resorted to tactics that would suit Motherwell, i.e. crosses into the box where they've got a lot of big guys who are happy to head it away. Yes, you know, you've always got the chance of something falling, Absolutely. But you're kind of reducing yourself to a puncher's chance as opposed to the fact that you're a superior side and your skill will will get you the opportunity. Yeah, you're hoping that you're going to force Motherwell into making a mistake rather than than creating a goal for yourself, which I think is what happened after we conceded the equaliser. And... Again, and it's a, it's a bigger discussion, really, isn't it? With is that the crowd? Maybe because you mentioned last year we didn't do that. We stuck to our guns, played our game, and we would turn games around from a draw, or even a, 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 you know when we were behind, which didn't happen often at all at home, especially. But we could turn games around, getting back to the way we play football. Yesterday, it seemed like they felt the pressure um, from the crowd. I don't believe that this team cannot play in front of crowds. You know, we, we already proved that with some of the results so far this season and previously see, you know, in some of the European matches in a couple of years uh, gone by. But now, I think they reacted yesterday to the impatience from the crowd instead of, like you said, being a bit more patient, a bit more professional, take your time, get the ball on the deck again, and we can open up opposition players. We have the skill and the ability to do it. And they seem to revert to a more kind of panicked approach, which Motherwell just picked up with these. We cannot get away from the goal. Um, the manager said afterwards that Motherwell only made two chances, and he's right, and that's a good thing, but they scored from one of them. And this has been the case this season, that teams are not having to create a lot to get something against us because our defending. That goal, to me, summed up. A lot of our defending this season, James, it was timid, it was half-hearted. There were several mistakes. You can't blame it on one player. I thought all four members of the back four didn't cover themselves in glory. And it's there's a kind of hesitancy that's crept into our defending this season that simply wasn't there last year. Yeah, backtracking, 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 waiting for you know guys like Tav and Goldson, they're hoping for the player to do something that makes the tackle easier. You have to you have to go at the player and retrieve the ball in a situation like that. Uh, and Simpson standing kind of in no man's land. And it's a bit kind of too late. Oh, he's got the ball. He kind of lunges yeah, in, but he's nowhere. Yeah, he's, he's far too late, not anticipating what could potentially happen. And he's clearly, you know, the guy who scores the goal, Willery, he's clearly Simpson's man in that scenario. So he has mm. to... He has to do better there for sure. Um, and you can even say, you know, we a couple of times and, you know, the goal included Davis use of the ball ends up in a situation where we have to we have to defend. Uh, as well, which is a which is a massive frustration, and I think we'll Davis has been more. Yeah, yeah, Davis yeah. has been honking the past two games, and there is a, a a genuine case for giving him some time off. He's probably played more than than we anticipated them playing this season. Um, I think, um, you know, but he is at that age of his career where he needs managed. He'll keep going, we know that, and and he's a good player, he'll come through this. But I I think the last two matches, it's just looked like fatigue rather than terrible form. He's just off the ball. There was a break just before Motherwell scored where Rangers were five on two 
And not only did he pick the wrong option, he executed it badly. And it's so unlike him because that's not Stephen Davis. The problem is, he's, sorry, Andy. Um, you know, the, the the thing for me, and I'll let you come in after, is there's no one else in the team that can do what he does. So if you if you take him out of the team, you have to then play differently. And I don't know whether the manager's ready to do that yet. Which is why him being off form is probably the most concerning thing for me right now. Um, and you have to make that decision. Do you do you stick with it, keep playing the way we are, and hope that Davis finds that form again, or do you give him that chance to to get the legs back and think, well, how can we adapt to have someone different in that role that still means that we're playing that way? Um, I think it's I think it's a question that I really hope the management team are asking at the moment in terms of in terms of Davis in particular. I was surprised to see him yesterday because. Of the two matches, in isolation, you would say Livingston's probably the bigger one. Because the cup competition, if we go out of it, we're out of it. Whereas in the league, you know, as we, we dropped two points yesterday, certainly not the end of the world. And I was a little surprised to see him play. I'd be very surprised now to see him play Wednesday. Well, yeah, I wouldn't I, actually. I, I, I'm just, I'm saying that. I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised to see him play. I, I personally think he needs a rest. But, you know... The chances are he'll, he'll start. But you also, I think we have to consider as well that it's not just for us. He's played the international games as well. I don't. Yeah. I think accumulatively in our squad, including international games, he's played the most amount of minutes so far this season. And given his age, you know, you, you you've got to expect that he is going to tire a little bit. And I agree with what James said. Like, if if we don't have anybody that can do his job the same way, we think maybe Lundstrom showed the potential. Uh, Stephen Kelly maybe might be able to come in and do that. But I think it maybe shows that the rest of the squad is not ready to to step into his boots. The manager needs somebody in there who he trusts every single game. But I think we are we do risk burnout, um, and we have to manage him properly. It doesn't wouldn't surprise me if he starts against Livingston as well. But I think this is an opportunity for a Lundstrom or a Stephen Kelly to come in and uh, and play that role. And I think they are good enough to to get us through. It's just whether the manager shares the confidence that I have. Well, we've had this before with the manager that he likes his lieutenants, and we know this. Um, and there are guys that he just you know that he likes to have there, and barring injury would rather that they were there than not and we've seen that um defensively then i'll stay with you on this one andy because you know james james mentioned there some of the things that we've seen it has been a bit of a recurring theme this sort of timidity and and this almost like a mistake begatting another mistake and it, and it, it becomes like a kind of knock-on effect throughout and, and the goals that we've lost this season a lot of them have come about from an error that's then compounded by another error because you can always make up for an error but if you've got three or four of them in one move chances are it's going to end up with at least a shot at goal and that was what happened to us yesterday last year we had everybody switched on from back to front in every single game this year it seems to be that nobody is entirely switched on right and we've got players that are playing at five six out of ten as opposed to seven out or eight out of ten every single week so if Goldson misses a, a header. Tav cleans up behind them last season. Goldson very rarely missed a header last year. But if in that case, we would have somebody there to clean it up. Now what we're seeing is if one defender makes a mistake, it, it, it does kind of set up a catalogue, like a domino effect of others. And all four 
could have prevented that goal yesterday. And it's been like that this season. I think there is a drop in intensity. I know you and I have discussed the the reasons why we are not hitting the same heights. I think what we're seeing is that the players are not robots, they're humans. Mm. And having played at such a high intensity for the entire campaign, inside their COVID bubbles, so switched on, everything aligned perfectly. And now we can see they're not robots. They have you know, frailties and they have weaknesses like everybody else. And it just seems to be taking its time to get back to being switched on at, uh, at the level that we want them to be at. And they, we know that they can be at. Um, the numbers don't lie, you know, the amount of goals we scored and also the amount of goals we conceded. Everything was far, far better this time mm. a year ago. Um, I think we're fortunate that our opposition is not as good, perhaps, as it, as it has been in terms of our main rivals. Perhaps. And that's why... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, for sure. <laughs> but we're, we're sitting at the top with... And we keep saying it, we've not started well and we're still taught. We got another point on them yesterday. Should have been another three, but we'll take another one. And we have a chance to run away, I think, with the league this season if we get it right. But that's if we get it right. If we don't, we could be dragged into a title battle. Now, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing uh, to say, you know, to be in that position that we're, if we know if we kick into gear, we'll, we'll run away with the league. Um, and if we don't, then we've got a battle in our hands. I would rather we ran away with it, but. It's got to happen soon and it has to start from the back. That was where we built our title from last year was at the yeah. back. And I think we have to do the same again. Yeah, it's great Rangers teams are built from the back. You know, we are, we are children of Sunnis. And that was the first thing that he installed in is, you know, he went out in Chris Woods, Terry Butcher, Graham Roberts, not long afterwards, Jimmy Nickel, you build from the back. Um, and then he went out the following year, got Richard Goff and there's nine in a row. You know, basically the, the, yeah. the back of it set up. And that is uh, 100% correct. I think that a friend of mine said something to me yesterday that I thought was absolutely spot on. He said, last year was a, was this team operating at 100% and it's not going to do that again, right? That last year was record goals, you know, conceded uh, or lowered amount rather than, you know, whole season un, unbeaten. Things we haven't done before, 19 out of 19 at Ibrox in the league, all of that. And he's right, it's not likely. The reason that that, that, that felt so special was that it was so special. He said, but I think we're playing at about between 50 and 60 right now. If we play even at 80% of what we're capable of, we'll win the league by 10, 15 points. And he's right, um, I think. I think that there's a lot in that. And I think that you mentioned there the human aspect. The team that had been you know, put together as fans, we were waiting for 10 years for this title. The players, three years. The management squad, three years. The board of directors, six years. Everything had gone into that, and then when it happened, it was just such a joyous relief that there is undoubtedly a hangover that we're seeing just now. You mentioned to me earlier, Andy, a come down, and, and that is what it's like. And uh, you and I spoke about this. This is 93, 94 vibes. For those of you like James, who I think you came into the world in 93, didn't you? Yes, so I was I was one year old during the 93-94 season, so I can't really give a whole load of background mm. for that one. No, no, that, that, don't worry, we had to suffer it, you were fine. Yeah. Um, we'd been brilliant the year before, right? 92-93, 44 games undefeated, treble, Champions League run within one goal of the final, all of that. And the next season, we were so looking forward to it, Andy. Levski-Sophia happened. And then that whole season was just a collection of injuries and 2-1 wins and stupid draws and stupid defeats. And the feeling of, well, we're going to win the league because the opposition aren't very good. But 
this is nowhere near the standard that this team can get to. I'm getting huge 93-94 vibes at the moment. Deja vu, 100%. Uh, there's lots of comparisons that you can make. If you remember, at the end of 92-93, when we did lose, there's, there's a couple of things that happened. We we went out to Marseille CSK Moscow, and Ali broke his leg. And there was just kind of like a, yeah, in the Portugal playing for Scotland. There was like a deflation. And we saw the season out. We won the Scottish Cup, but you could see it wasn't quite the same. And then going into the following season, we made a huge signing with with Big Dunk and it didn't work out. We got knocked out of Europe and that rest of that campaign. And I would even go as far to say as even a few months into the following campaign until Loudrop was sort of setting things alight. And it it took a little while and we had a, a bad month at the start of the following season but that 93-94 and beginning of 94-95 was hard hard going hard to watch we had so many injuries a bit like we do now injuries to key players and we really depended on Mark Cately carrying the team forward right now we don't have anybody really carrying the team forward but the parallels can definitely be drawn um it was a deflation and it was hard to think oh god we've got no European run this year um in 92-94 we didn't have anything to look forward to and it was just the same we have to win the treble again, otherwise going it will be coming down on the on the previous year. And it just it took until I, I, I think it took until February, March, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Maybe you might remember David, but when we got a run of about four or five league games won in a row. Yeah, it was like Gordon Jury was signed, remember? And yeah. he came on and really boosted us in that second time. And he doesn't really get a lot of the credit he deserves for that. But yeah. you're right, there was just a flatness and, and after Levski, the season just seemed dead drab. I recall because we'd got this taste for this, you know, newfangled Champions League thingy. And Malmo has felt like that because luckily, I mean, back then you lost, you were out. Um, and that was, it was no European football. But uh, this year we went out to Malmo. We've gone into the Europa League. And, and James, there was definitely not the same electricity at Leon the other night that there has been for previous Champions League campaigns. There, there just wasn't because it's gone from being... This is great, we're back here, we're probably ahead of schedule, didn't expect to be in here so quickly to, well, this will do as a consolation prize, but we really should have been in the champion. You know, it, it, it it's just different and it's good because it comes from success, but equally, it, it definitely alters the mood music around the club. Three years ago, Rapid Vienna, the atmosphere... Oh, the night was amazing, unbelievable. yeah. Yeah, it was an incredible... Uh, experience to be a part of but then you have Leon who are this you know much much bigger team um, but the fact of the matter is on a European stage we got much bigger as well mm-hmm. and the expectation was about the Champions League so I think there is there is part of the you know there's no there's no big TIFO you know pre-game or anything like that for a big and I'm slightly surprised by that in a way because you're used to that on big European nights and you know on, on, on the face of it you know, against the top-seeded team in the entire competition in the group stage, uh, you would expect a big, you know, electric atmosphere for it. But there wasn't, and I think that's right. That part of it is down to this kind of lack of having what we kind of were really, really hoping for. I okay, but we kind of really wanted to play against Juventus and mm. you know Chelsea and all that. Look, that'd have been that'd have been better. That'd have been more fun. That's what we were kind of expecting. Not expecting, but we really felt it was a possibility and we certainly didn't expect to go out the way we went out. No, no. And, you know, it just, it all comes back to kind of how we've started off this season really as well. Um, so there's got to be, you know, and Andy made a very interesting point about, you know, you had guys like Mark Hately, 
you know, guided through. And there's no one really in this team that has taken the bull by the horns with that yet. I think mm. there are guys that have absolutely the potential to be able to do that, particularly up front. Um, but I just think it's still just this slight malaise from last season that, you know, they're just not quite there yet. We have some really, really talented guys in the team. And I think when we see guys like Yanis Hadji return, that really helps with that um, as well. And you get a bit more of a creativity uh, up front with that too. But guys like Morelos, guys like Ruth, they are more than capable of being able to drive this team forward. Um, it's just a case of when. The sooner the better, please. <laughs> yes, ideally. Um, Andy, uh, we've, you know, those sounds like we're being negative. We're not really. I think that we're just being honest. But the other side of the coin is, of course, we haven't kicked our arse this season, really. And we're four points clear after six matches. Um, you mentioned there, it, it, there is that tempting thing in front of for us as fans and certainly should be for the squad of see if you just sort yourselves out and get back to what you know you can do or even an approximation of it then there's another league title and automatic champions league entry here for you it's not like we are facing up to a rampant opposition that are going to run you know that, that we can drop points that we, we we've been half hours this season and yet look at the position we're in Indeed, the, the the position is strong. Had you offered it at the start and said, listen, you'll be four points ahead of Celtic after six games, we would have taken it. I mean, if it said it was four wins and a draw and a defeat, we might not have because we want six out of six. But we would have taken that difference between us and our rivals for sure. I think as well, though, you, you, when we look at the league, we're now the champions. We're being chased and teams are going to see Rangers as a scout, meaning that we have to essentially step up a little bit, even in some in some cases from last season. And you see Dundee United have improved, Motherwell have improved, the Edinburgh teams have improved. It's really Celtic that have regressed, I think, mm. from the, the kind of top six teams or so. Uh, we've yet to play Aberdeen. I'm not so sure about them, to be honest. But the, the other side, there's not real easy games uh, inside the top six at the moment for us. But that, that gear that we have, that even two gears that if we step up, I still firmly believe we will win this this title. I think we're making it harder than it needs to be. And I'm hoping that if history has, has told us anything, and we spoke about 93, 94, also Walter, and it's uh, this third season after returning when we'd won the league uh, in the D United and then the following season when yeah. Mowbray was in charge. I'm sort of similar. We didn't play that well, but we had enough quality to go over the line once we got into our run. I think maybe that's what's going to happen here. And I think James is right as well. Had you coming back, we need the Ryan Jack as well. That kind of on-field dig general. Yeah, the, the leader. And I think maybe that will have an influence around them and the other players will all start to, to kick in. It's just, we're, we're so impatient as Rangers fans. We want it to happen. Uh, it will happen if we get behind them and just, you know, except for the fact that, listen, we are top of the league. It's not a bad position to be in. And hopefully, once those players do come back, once we get over the COVID issues and injuries and suspensions, we will have a, a full, fully firing squad um, that's uh, taking teams apart like it did last year. I think it will happen. I just don't think it will happen anywhere near the same consistency that it did last yes. year. But, ho- but hopefully it will be enough, David. I think a two, three month burst would put us yeah. into an unassailable lead in it. Very Walter 
era style thing yeah, that yeah. If, if they get their head down and just, you know, two, three month burst, then yeah, I think because I just don't see consistency. They're, they're, as you say, the other teams are getting a bit better, but let's be realistic. Hearts or Hibs are not going to win the league. No disrespect. It just isn't going to happen. Um, so yeah, uh, but all there to play for. Now, one thing I think we can all agree on, um, the managers agreed on it, the players have agreed on it. Our cup record the last few years has not been anywhere near good enough. And we start again. Well, we don't start. We played in the last round, but we continue again this Wednesday night when we take on Livingston at Ibrox. Livingston got their first win of the season at the weekend against Czech Notes, um, the Real Madrid of the Gallagher. How did that happen? Um, but, uh, yeah, giving them a, a huge boost, James, there's no doubt about that. They haven't been playing well. They haven't been playing well for a, a long time. In all honesty, Livingston, I think that, that was only their second win this calendar year. So they they will come in a good frame of mind. But when you look at where they are in the league, when you look at how they've been playing, when you look at the fact that it is at Ibrox rather than the Tony Macaroni, where, of course, the pitch has very much in the past acted as a leveller, there really aren't any excuses to get this job done and get into the next round. Correct. What David Martindale is going to do, because he's very, and I think he's very, very good at this as a manager, he's going to say to the players, look what you were able to do against against these guys. Make that extra step up now for this game um, and really focus on that and really you know, motivate his players going into this game. So we have to be wary of that. And I think because of that, as well as the fact that we are, we are due a cup win, um, to put it mildly, I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be interested in trying to kind of, sort of say oh let's give let's give this guy a game he's not had a game for a while let's put him in I want you know, I think that when you get to the quarterfinals of this competition when you're playing against any kind of top tier side you play your strongest team that you can um, oh yeah in my yeah. opinion I don't, I don't want well, I don't want to sort of James, turn around and say yeah. St Mirren last year ah, exactly exactly no we can't we can't allow that to be the case um so as strong as we can please and i think you know if 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 we if we do that and you know the players are aware of the fact that you know they need to just make that step up if the manager is able to get his message across to them over the course of you know the next couple of days in the build-up to that game then we should absolutely have enough to get the job done however that may look you know, we you know get the win get through to the semi-finals that's that's all that matters really uh at this stage so in any cup competition it's about it's about getting the win but also andy one thing i would say is that there is something to build on which is the manager can be saying and look just do what you did in the first half for 90 minutes and be better in the last third be more confident be more assertive and you'll win this game quite straightforwardly yeah exactly Uh, momentum is something we haven't had so that's another reason to try and keep you know, a sort of starting lineup that we think is going to develop and get better over the next few games. And if we are more ruthless in front of goal, we will win the game comfortably midweek, I believe. I just wanted to ask, though, James spoke about there, you know, you play your strongest team, and I agree with that. I think the problem we have now is what is right now our strongest team? And yeah. why, why I'm asking that is, do you think, for example, that Barisic or Bassi should play? Like, who's been in the better form? Has Tav been in the be- in the in the best form because I I think like Davis like Barisic and one or two others he's dropped off significantly so would you play Patterson or Bassi assuming that maybe right now 
they could be our strongest team for this game. I just want to ask you guys what you think about that because I'm struggling to pick a team at the moment where I think they are the best that we have right now on form. I if if nobody's fit, depends Morelos, depends Hadji, of course. Then the front three, I think, did enough yeah. without the finishing to, to to stay the same. Aribo did enough. Kamara certainly did enough. So yeah, I mean, I, look, Nathan Parson is not some scrub or cover. Nathan Parson is a terrific player with loads of energy. The manager's watching him in training, and of course, he's had you know, various issues so far this season that have unfortunately prevented them getting kind of full run. But it must be awfully tempting. Um, Bassey, the issue that you have is Bassey is not as good as Barisic. But as you said, but right now, you know, that that's different, you know, because of form. We know that if the two players at the top of their game, it's Borna, because he's a better player. But, yeah, no question. No but he's question. not at the top of his game. So if Bassey is closer to that um, at centre half I'd like to see Balogun back in instead of Simpson and look we haven't really gone to town on Simpson and a lot of fans will be sitting going why aren't you talking more about Simpson there's not really a lot I think to talk about I don't think he's impressed at all in his time with Rangers and I think we are getting to the stage where the support has made its mind up about him the manager clearly sees something in him that none that none of the fans so far do and I, I suppose we need to trust that but yeah I mean for me Simpson hasn't shown enough to be in unless, you know, he has to be. Um, and then it's just a question of you don't want to be making, you know, six or seven changes. I get that. But you could certainly accommodate a couple. I think you'll probably see one of the two young fullbacks play, but I don't think you'll see both. James? And I think of the two, it's far more likely to be Bassey because I think Bassey has shown so far this season that he is a more legitimate competition for Barisic's plays. Um, I'd certainly bring Balogun back in. And again, you 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 wonder in terms of what he does with the goalkeeper because he seems to like rotating a wee bit more in terms of that. It would be interesting to see. I genuinely have no idea what he's going to do in terms of that. Wouldn't surprise me if McLaughlin uh, came in. Um, if the front three is the same, I'm perfectly happy with that. If a rebound Kamara in there again, perfectly happy with that. Um, I don't expect Davis to not play like what you alluded to earlier. Um, but if someone else played in there, like uh, John Lundstrom, as a duck for cover as I say that, um, then okay, you know, let's see let's see that from the start, interested to see what that would look like, but you know, if the team is only maybe a couple of those changes from, from there in terms of the back line, and you go with that on Wednesday night, that should be well more than enough for a comfortable victory. See, this is why I used to keep Cedric Hitton. Hmm. Just for a fact, we'd have won yesterday, we all know it. Motherwell, he yep. has yes, he has played two games for Greater Furt so far and done nout. Yeah, he was scored yesterday. Um, we all know it; it's a fact. Right, that will do us uh, for the flagship on Heart and Hand this week. Later in the week, Heart and Hand Extra will, of course, return and preview or look back on the Livingston game and preview the trip to Dundee at the weekend. If you want to hear more from us, though, please go to Heart and Hand on Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash Heart and Hand, where you'll get up to five shows every single day on everything Rangers. We've got stats, we've got history, we've got current affairs, we've got player profiles. We've got supporter tales. We've got non-Rangers football. And we've even got a few things from pop culture as well. It's a very entertaining and nice place to hang about in. Right, my thanks to the two guests today. First of all, to James Forrest. 
A pleasure, David. Thank you. And a real solid debut from Andy Barnett. Thanks very much for your kind words. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Right, folks, enjoy the game on Wednesday. I hope your team wins and we'll be back to talk about it later in the week. Until then, take care. Bye-bye. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.